You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. This will be your holiday edition. And throughout the show, Ryan Gills Gilbert will be singing a selection of Christmas carols. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole, Midnight Star, Carmody, and Ryan Gills Gilbert. Where'd he get the star? Well, it was a holiday theme. Christmas special. It was a holiday theme. He beat Army? <laughs> it's the star with the three wise men. Right here on the PowerCat podcast, sponsored by a liquor store, bringing in the holiday spirit. Go to the fridge. Get ready for your in-laws. My goodness. I'm going with my in-laws to Vegas. Huh? That's the only way you can be with your in-laws. Why, I feel like- why do I feel like this is a Chevy Chase movie? I'm just <laughs> going to be playing the role of Chevy Chase. I feel like you were looking for a win, but you drew. Yes. That was a soccer reference that even I was able to get. You got one point out of the, the deal. That's right. We booked Vegas for Christmas. It, I, I, I know it's weird, but first of all, folks, we don't have kids, so that's fine. The only child on that side of the family is working on his Ph.D. at Arizona State, so this works well for him. We'll be in Vegas for Christmas, which is, is your, beautiful at Christmas. Time. We'll ask this question later in the podcast, but i got to ask now, since you mentioned not having kids, is Christmas with the Cranks your favorite Christmas movie? I don't remember seeing that. Oh. Who's in that? <laughs> Tim Allen. Oh, that's... I'm not... Look, uh, they fine actor. Christmas and went on a... I uh, mean, when you're thinking of the, the actors of our generation, you start with Hanks, but Tim Allen's right up in there. Leonardo, Tim Allen. So, no, even though I do watch all of his work... <clears throat> was, <laughs> he, he was kind of Rick Ross before Rick Ross. Now, come think of it. Oh, Oh, so, uh, yeah, but anyhow, we'll, we will be, uh, in lovely Las Vegas expecting snow. I don't know. I don't. We're sponsored by the fridge. As I mentioned, make sure you get all your eggnog ingredients from the fridge. I don't know if they sell eggnog. I love eggnog. Oh, I saw you put that on your story. The other day. Oh. I was at one of our segment sponsors, the high low, their Christmas theme. They has they have an eggnog beverage. It was very delicious. <clears throat> did did you have a slice of fruitcake while you were there? <laughs> I did not. Uh, has anyone have have you guys had fruitcake before? No. Has anyone ever actually tasted it? Is it is it really something people have eaten within the last twenty years? 
I mean, I feel like fruitcake was an essential like 19th century celebration because it it put a bunch of stuff into a cake form and preserved it. It was a World War II dessert ration. Yeah. Like, I think that's what fruitcake, that's what I think of. I mean, why, why not serve like Tootsie Rolls, too? That's another. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's actually World War One, I, I think. Here's some candy. What is it? It's wax. <laughs> <laughs> Our segment sponsors, as Cole mentioned, are the High Low in Tanners, where I <clears throat> made a, I made a mistake last night, guys. I I had some friends in town, so I didn't go to the basketball game. Okay, I hadn't seen them in years pre-pandemic, so uh, we ate at a place where Ryan Gilbert works, and they're not a segment sponsor, Ooh. but it's across the street from Tanner's. See, si, senor. And then uh, we went uh, to Tanner's to watch the game Tuesday night at Singo. Now, look, folks, Singo is a fine event. They they pack the house for Singo. I'm not criticizing Tanner's for having Singo. I'm criticizing the entire concept of Singo. I know they can profit from it, and I know people enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it. And I think we all know in this room, that's all that matters. I was caught not only during Singo, which, you know, if you don't know what Singo is, it's bingo cards with song titles, and then they played the songs, and you got to get bingo. It's Singo. <sighs> You should have just stayed at that place next door that I work at. Yeah, probably in hindsight. And my life is full of hindsight. It's just full of it. But anyhow, uh, the first half of Singo last night was Christmas song, so it made it particularly worse for those of us who don't enjoy Singo. Were there still a lot of people there now that the students are on break? It was packed. It was a totally different demographic. It changed to a towny demographic. Because honestly, we, we tried to go in there to watch, what was it? Watch something. Cut, cut gets into the game a while ago, and they had closed after Singo. Was it Chiefs? What was that game? That was a while ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah. But another night we'd gone in there accidentally on Singo, and we're like, why is the demographic in this sports bar all 21 female? I mean, it was just packed. But Singo, it's... Bingo with songs exclusively at Tanner's every Tuesday night. Man, so the high low's cooler than crap right now, isn't it? It's awesome. I wish they just did that all year. I know we talk about that every episode. I just love it. I, that, it's so it. If you need some Christmas spirit and you're coming to Manhattan over the holidays, oh, you got to go to high low. Okay, well we've killed a good three hours here. Huh? Hope, <coughs> hope your drive to your in laws is going well so far. We'll get into some real questions here. Let's get going. Gills, you got him? Yes, Take him. First question comes from Ohio Power Cat. Back in October on the drive, Fitz said that, that, that taking a QB from the portal would blow up the QB room, and it would be possible that two of the scholarship QBs would enter the portal. Now that K-State has taken Adrian Martinez, do you still think this will happen? Well, I, I was talking about taking like a three-, four-year guy. It could happen still. I mean – what actually works in the favor of that not happening is the fact that he won't be able to play in spring football. I mean, he'll do some non-contact things, but I don't even know if he'll be able to throw the ball that much. So, no, I don't think bringing in a one-and-done is going to do that. I was talking a long-term, you know, a sophomore or something, which, you know, still could happen, technically. There's still a lot of portal work to be done. Half the guys in the portal have, I saw a stat this morning, have withdrawn. And 
good, but only a quarter of the guys that are still in the portal have found a home. Hmm. There's a lot of players out there in the portal. Just no place to go. That's why I asked Rush East at, at the, you know, what advice you give. I thought he didn't really have great advice, but I mean, it's such a crapshoot when you go into the portal. You're just hoping someone will need your specific, you know, Liam Neeson. You got a specific set of skills. You just need the job now. I think what's interesting is all these quarterbacks that are still on the roster for K-State with Max Marsh moving to safety now, they have a legitimate claim at being the number two or even number one quarterback. Um, Where are you going to go somewhere maybe besides a lower division, you know, even FCS, really? I mean, let's be real. FCS, where you're going to have a chance to play right away. I mean, if you're Jaron Lewis, you have just as good a chance to play here as you do any other – FBS school just because of the quarterback position being so much different than other positions on the football field. Mm-hmm. You have to go in, you have to learn the system, you have to become a leader, you have to do all these different things. If you're Jaron Lewis, if you're Will Howard, you both, both of those guys have just as good a chance at being the number two or even number one quarterback. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know about Jaron Lewis. <gasps> I literally forgot about Jaron Lewis until you mentioned his name. I think I mean, that, like, his I, mindset, <laughs> anyway. I think his mindset is he thinks right. he has just as good a chance. I agree because, with you. If you're the player, yeah, right, you feel yeah. that way. And then R- Jake Rubley, I, I think he kind of understands that he thinks this, if he can continue to develop, this might be his team eventually. So you would think he wouldn't jump ship, but he's not going to go anywhere and play next year. There's no. no way he goes anywhere and plays next year. So I don't think anybody will leave. I don't know if they'll take anybody else on. But those are four quarterbacks in a quarterback room that you can – successfully say all have a chance to have a claim to think that they can get on the field well they're still looking for a high school kid so and they're out there that's what's weird about this recruiting cycle i don't think that they that taking adrian martinez right now will force someone right now into the portal i could see it maybe happening mid-season or post-season but then again you got to remember adrian martinez will be a senior that is the benefit of taking him you know you bring in a veteran leader who has a ton of experience but you know my argument always is he's going to be taking snaps from someone that should be getting development Um, but we can get into that in another question Next question comes from El Camino Cat. What is K-State's biggest remaining need in the portal? How confident are you that it will be adequately addressed? I believe you skipped a you question. You skipped a question. Oh, my gosh. What is he doing? Can we just do that one next? No, no, no. In the- yeah, Zach, Zach does, like, um, market studies. Uh, he, has, he brings in uh, people to listen to the questions for the proper order. There's a lot of science that goes into how Zach <laughs> orders these questions. Okay. I mean, the focus group said, what number two question, that belongs at number two. Not Ryan Gilbert. <laughs> Let's move on. Well, I think we've settled this. Okay. From I Like Pickles Cat, I'm so sorry for skipping your question. How much of an advantage or disadvantage will it be for K-State to be using different 40-year-old QBs in consecutive years? 40-year-old QBs. (laughs) Hey, you know what? I don't care. I mean, you know, you you want continuity at your quarterback spot. Skylar Thompson's provided that. But you can't be uncertain. At your quarterback spot. Um, So I I like this move because I think we can all agree that for whatever reason, maybe it's just overall skill level, Will Howard isn't ready to be the guy next season. He's just not. I mean, he made it very clear. I I recognize he was handcuffed by 
his coach, um, his play caller, but you just wonder about their overall belief in him based on that. I mean, it's not like Courtney Muskan went rogue. I mean, they, they talk about these things, um, so it's probably more than him. So I'm not bothered by it at all, and I'm, I don't think anyone uh, has a ironclad right to any job on the football team. I mean, if some incredible running back wants to transfer to Kansas State, do you think Clyman's going to say, no, we already have Deuce Vaughn? No, they're going to take whatever makes your program better. you got to keep recruiting up. Skylar Thompson is like the number nine quarterback on Mel Kuyper's quarterback big board, um, which is kind of incredible when you think about it. Like, you know, I think we all sit around, sit around here and say, well, Skylar Thompson's not going to be an NFL quarterback. But when you look at quarterbacks around the country, he's one of the better graduating quarterbacks. Well, I think next year at this time, A.J. Martinez will be in the exact same mm-hmm. boat. There's not very often that K-State has two back-to-back years of having above-average quarterbacks, you know, with being different guys anyway. I mean, if you want to say Colin Klein and and Jake Waters, but neither one of those guys were really ever going to be an NFL quarterback. And I'm not saying that Skylar thinks Skylar Thompson or even Adrian Martinez will be. But I think at the end of next year, if Adrian Martinez has a solid season, like I think a lot of people think he will for Kansas State, then – there's going to be a chance that he is right on the fringe of being draft worthy too. So, I mean, you have to look at it as, is it an upgrade for 2022? And I completely understand Zach's point that he's talked about for multiple times of there, that being taken away from the developmental part. I get that, but strictly based on 2022, it is an upgrade and it should make K-State better. But if it only makes them better for one more win, I still think it's worth playing Will Howard or Jake Rubley or Jaron Lewis or whoever else is going to be your quarterback for multiple years. If the difference is six and six and seven and five, man, I don't know if Adrian Martinez is good enough. Like I think Skylar Thompson's probably better than I gave him credit for earlier in the season of being, you know, multiple, he's multiple wins better than Will Howard. He's not just one win better than Will Howard, I think. I think that Adrian Martinez needs to be at least two wins better than Will Howard if you're going to play him. But if you're only going to be at that one win level and you're looking at a 7-5 and five season or a 6-6 six and six season, just play Will Howard. Let him get the reps. Let him get the snaps. And guess what? If he wins six games, he's right on pace to take Skylar Thompson's record for most, uh, most wins as a starter at K-State in a career. Like, there's still plenty of time for Will Howard to win games, develop, and be just as good as Skylar Thompson. I just don't think that the coaches are in the the mindset of, oh, well, if we win six games, you know, we're we're not going to take an improvement at at a certain position because we want to have this guy, you know, who who is the most important position on the field. We want to have him, you know, learn. Because let's let's be completely honest. If K State goes four and eight next year. And or if they wouldn't have picked up Adrian Martinez, they go four and eight with Will Howard as the quarterback. Chris Kleiman is on the hot seat. He doesn't want to be on the hot seat. He thinks Adrian Martinez will be better than what Will Howard can provide. So, yes, he's going to bring in an upgrade. But is going seven and five with a one year quarterback. How much does that help you for 2023, 2024? 
I don't see it helping that much. If you're going to go that, if you're going to, if, if he's going to go 10 and two, yeah, bring in Adrian Martinez, make your team better there and build some momentum. But if, if you're going to go six and six and you're just trying to get to a bowl game, you know, I'd say develop your players and get them the experience. So then you can go eight and four, nine and three the next year with your guy instead of, you know, going six and six or seven and five with a with a quarterback you bring in that's good for one year, and now you're basically just pushing down, you know, the same situation a year down the road. I just don't think they think Will Howard is the guy. That's, I think I think that's the bottom line. Yeah. There's that uncertainty. The thing about <clears throat> excuse me, Adrian Martinez is he he has such a huge upside. I mean, we're talking about a guy here with Heisman Trophy candidate level talent. And on-field performance of three straight losing seasons, which, you know, you can't hang that all on your quarterback. But I think we all recognize how important a quarterback is to your wins and losses. So if they can get the best out of Adrian and edit out some of the things that have troubled him, this was incredible. But Zach's point I get is that if you bring him in and you're still struggling to, you know, be much over 500, well, I mean – could you have gotten there with the guys you have? And now they're behind schedule a little bit. The only saving grace, and Michael Goins asked about this, and Kleiman missed the question, was does bringing in Adrian Martinez create the opportunity next season for a redshirt for Will Howard, the one that he just lost out on? I don't know. <clears throat> you still got to have depth there. You still got to have guys that are going to back you up because, as we know, at Kansas State, your quarterback gets hurt, and we know from Adrian Martinez, he gets hurt. So, I mean, he might come in, stunt the growth of your guys, and get hurt in the first game. You just don't know. It's just such a wild card. And it's got such a good payoff that K-State's willing to take that risk that if he stays healthy and thrives like other transfer portal guys have at K-State, I mean, they could be looking at – I don't see this as a 7-5. and five. I see this as a 9-3 and three, or, you know, even a 10-2 and two with – the defense that they might be returning if they can shore up the back end of it. So I think they just see the upside of this risk reward being so high, they have to do it. The other side of this is if, if it does stunt the growth of your quarterbacks and you still go into next year, feeling like you don't have a quarterback, then you probably go look for the sophomore that will blow up your room. And and I'm beginning to wonder if Jaron Lewis is not like coach, I'm here for depth. I'm going to, you know, if we won't see him and maybe, some special teams roles like you do once in a while with the quarterback. Um, but he's going to be there, you know, to run scout teams. And some guys just want to be part of the a Power 5 program and do that. Uh, it would drive me nuts to do all that practicing and, and not get the payoff from games. But, you know, some guys, it's just, they're cool with that. And maybe they'll get their shot with that kind of patience. We will see. But I like this addition. But, again, Zach might be right. It might be like, well, did you really get anything out of it? And in all honesty, that's the most likely outcome is we're going to be at the end of the next season going, was that really worth it? I mean, or should they have gone and found a sophomore in the portal and just blown up the room? Or, you know, maybe next year at this time we'll be going. So anyhow, the national championship game is going to be played in <laughs> Kansas State is in the four teams that will be playing in the playoffs. Who so, knows? I don't know that it will be that drastic of an improvement, but still. Gills, you okay over there? Yes, I am. Okay, are you, you, okay? you seem like seem like you rattled after you're a little bit rattled after yeah, being. I, just, I messed up. I'm just hoping you don't fire me for that. Be, being <laughs> shunned by your coworkers 
for you do make a lovely margarita though thank you next question the unnamed or, place actually is this the next question or the question that was earlier that now is next what i don't know what's that going on. option okay yeah. we're gonna ask this question again from milk no cat <clears throat> What is K-State's biggest remaining need in the portal? How confident are you that it will be adequately addressed? It's got to be receiver. I would go linebacker. Oh, linebacker. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. They need someone to you know, line up with Deuce Green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deuce Green. Yeah. Um, yeah, It. I would agree. I mean, right now, receiver doesn't look as dire, but I don't think K-State's done with the portal. Yeah. I asked Kleiman about this. Look. We know some portal guys from last year that, given to their own choices, probably would have stayed at K-State. And in hindsight, that would have been a really good decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, But parents, uncle, friends convinced them they can do bigger and better than Kansas State, and they got into the portal. And now he's released all of his players to go home to be around those people for five days or whatever. There will be some guys not come back. I think that the receiver position will be upgraded you know how they say addition by subtraction? I think some some of that will take place at that position. Um, you know, whether it be some guys that just decide, hey, I'm going to go somewhere else because, A, I'm not getting enough playing time, or, B, I just feel like I'm not really wanted here. I think that there's going to be some of that. I think there will be added – they'll add at least a receiver or two. Mm-hmm. And it's – the only way to go is up at that position if we're being mm-hmm. brutally honest. So I think that the receiver position – the receiver position will be improved – but the linebacker position is a little – that is the one that I have been circling the most. Um, I think the linebacker and maybe even a safety because if you can add a, a linebacker that can be just as good as Cody Fletcher was, which he was he was pretty dang good this year. That's, that's going to be a challenge to replace him. If you can get somebody like him who is the same type of player and then you add somebody in the secondary, this defense could legitimately be – top three in the big 12 because they do have such a strong front seven um but they have to get another linebacker yeah and i i think probably another interior guy to go with the eli huggins who announced he is coming back the first guy to announce that he's going to be back for his super senior season <clears throat> which is a huge addition for kansas state but yeah i'd, I'd agree with you linebacker and um i I'd still think they want to find a if if left tackle pops up that might be another spot where they do a one and done come fill this in until one of the younger guys is ready because they want to move Mr. BB inside. I mean, he is Cody Whitehair all over. He's being forced to play tackle when he's actually an interior lineman. I think he's probably a center is what he would be in the NFL. But um, he's just being used a little bit out of position, but he's so damn good. He's still – can you imagine, hey, uh, Zach, I know you're our videographer – uh, but today we're going to put you in charge of building a house. <laughs> Couldn't even pick. <laughs> Couldn't even pick writing a no, no, a, a column house, um, <laughs> and you do it well. And so, I mean, that's playing playing tackle and all the things you got to do out there in space is so much different than one step over into the guard spot. But he does it. So yeah, they might look for a tackle too. Gills, you got anything? You like a punter? You want to throw in punter? I agree. I would step right out. Well, yeah. What about the center coming back? I mean, this isn't really the question, but that'd be one that I'd love to have come back as far as super seniors. I mean, he's he's got a year, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy, right? I think okay. so, yeah. You're looking at me like I'm... Hmm? I'm just surprised you picked a kicker punter. <laughs> I mean, who else have they got? 
Well, they just they don't really have much. They got Chris Tennant. They lost Tane Winkle. Jack Bloomer, is he a senior? I don't know. No, he's like a Is he still around? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Ty Zenner was a good punter. Is, is, yeah. is Jack Bloomer one of the greatest pirate names ever? I'm Jack Bloomer. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Next question comes from I Like Pickles Cat once again. Why is the coaching staff not actively looking for a wide receiver transfer when they <laughs> thought they needed one last year and then he left? I got to be honest. I don't know what they're doing with receiver. I can't figure it out. Uh, they do have some young guys, RJ Garcia, and, you know, there's some young guys they like, but I just don't feel like they have the competitive depth they have at that, need at that position. And they currently don't have a position coach. Even the <clears throat> fullbacks and, and tight ends, I mean, that they're kind of settled there, but receivers just a hey, you're going to handle this and help here, and then student here, and this cheerleader is going to handle that, and and so I, you know, it's just they really have pieced together that it's got to be a hard sell right now. But I agree, they got to go get at least one, one, one guy that's a deep threat. My my bold prediction is <clears throat> we'll get to some of those here later in the podcast. But one of my bold predictions for the receiver room is you will get a Big Ten receiver because. They know Adrian Martinez, and maybe they've admired him, or maybe they think he's a good quarterback. There's a really good chance that you could see a Big Ten receiver come to K-State just because, hey, it's not working where I'm at, but I know that guy. He's a pretty, He can be pretty good. Maybe I'll go play with him and see if he can help me out. It wouldn't surprise me if we see some transfers from maybe notable schools. Again, I have no, I have no insight on this. I'm just throwing darts at the wall here, but it wouldn't surprise me. That's an interesting point. And I think Kansas State is one of the uh, few places that can claim that they actually throw the ball more than Big Ten teams. So, one of the, no, that's not Did right. That one of the places I can't even put into words what I'm trying to say right now. I think you said it right the first time. No, no. A lot of schools can claim they throw the ball more. Well, Cobalt's talking about darts, not balls. Uh, oh, oh. I, I I forgot we switched topics. <clears throat> no, I mean it's ironic that a Big Ten receiver could look at K State and go, "Well, they throw the ball more than we do in this conference." I, I just know. think it's crazy that K State, being a Power Five, can't go find a number two or number three receiver at a good school and say, "Hey, you're going to be the guy." Right. Oh yeah, and we play in the Big Twelve, and if you come with us, hey, we could compete for a title. Does that change with Adrian Martinez at all? I don't think so. I think I think Adrian Martinez is too much of a runner first, and and that's not discounting his yeah. skill set. That's just his skill set that I think that you know if him coming in plus Deuce, I think it's just going to be a lot of runs. Which you know maybe that helps him win games, but I don't know if that's necessarily good for the development of wide receivers mm-hmm. or the rest of the team. You know, is Cade Warner going to come back now? With Martinez? It is interesting. I'm going to keep my eye on that. Yeah. <clears throat> if he does, I, I would – honestly, I'd, I'd predict that there will be more Nebraska players coming just off the top of my head. Just bring them all. And Cole, does that count as one of your players from the Big Ten if Warner stays? Sure. Why not? That's it. No, that's that's a that's a <laughs> that's the free space on the Singo card. <laughs> Next question comes from Durya. What are your bold predictions for 2022 basketball or football? Or football? Hmm. Um, How about or basketball? Because this is the only basketball okay. question in the Let's, podcast. Let's focus in on basketball here. Gills, you got anything? 
I mean, I've said this pretty much all year long, but K-State makes the NCAA tournament, which I know is a bold prediction to a lot. People. Can you guys hear that? No. Nope. No? Okay. It's I don't really know if I was just distracted. I don't know if I could hear it through the... Why Why? Why did they put a mic toggle switch? I'm, I'm having problems with my throat, so I've got, I'm toggling my mic on and off. But you can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of defeats a purpose to have a button that clicks. <clears throat> um, I think you're crazy for that prediction. Thank you. I love um, you, too. I, I do think Casey's going to win more games in the Big 12. And, you know, if you get to winning eight games, then you're kind of on the bubble. So maybe you're not crazy. I, I'm just going to be fascinated to see K-State compared to other Big 12 programs. Because the Big 12 is really good this year. And they still might be the ninth best team in this conference and yet be vastly improved. So um, I'm going to hold off judgment until I really see a better. Honestly, they, the opening game at Oklahoma will be a good barometer of where this team's going because that's a pretty like team on the road. I mean, they've got that guy that started in, uh, that for the tropics. The Home Alone character, Jackie Moon. Yeah, Jack. They got Jackie Moon. He's he's on. So, what's the board prediction in that? Well, what was Nigel Pack's hair last night? Then, if OU has Jackie Moon, <laughs> uh, my bold prediction for basketball will be: um, this is a little more vague. That Bruce Weber had to remember he had to alter his ways. He was not a transfer portal guy, but you know he finally admitted, well, maybe I need to do it. That after this experience with these three kids, he is going to be a transfer portal addict. Whether it's at K-State or anywhere else he coaches, he has got to be in love with the portal after what these three guys have brought to his program. My bold prediction is that K-State will beat one of um, Texas Tech. Don't say Texas. Texas, <laughs> KU, or Baylor, they'll be one of them at home. That'll be fun. Uh, not bold prediction. They're going to go zero and eight against those teams. They'll steal one. It's K State. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so that's no, that. Though, what's I your think, bold prediction? Uh, bold prediction: K State wins one more game in basketball than they did last year. Well, that's in, bold. That's in, bold. Uh, so you think they win three games? games? In conference or just conference, conference play. What they went, what four and 14? Mm -hmm. I think they go five and 13. Hmm. Hmm. That's my bold prediction. Wow, we have NCAA tournament and then we have one of the another one of the worst seasons in program history. As they they improved, that was what the benchmark is. They improved, they aren't gonna make the tournament. Shouldn't be the benchmark though. You should always be striving for at least a tournament. Hey, that's not my uh criteria. I think our boards are gonna love you, Zach. And they're going to hate me. But no, you're, you're right. The difference is all those people agree with what you just said. They just don't think this program is striving for the NCAA tournament. They're, they're so far behind that curve that they can't close the gap with just some portal guys. That's that's what they believe. They want the NCAA tournament. They, they don't even want to talk about postseason play in the NIT. They want the NCAA tournament in two years. They haven't even been on the NIT bubble. I mean, they haven't been on what? What's the other one? CBI. CBI, but oh, for that doesn't even CBI. really count. CBI. It'd be fun bubble. to make the finals though, because it's a series. Huh? They play best of three. Well, it's in I, Vegas, right? You should go, Fitz. No, that's a different. No, the oh. the 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 Vegas eight didn't survive. Oh. Okay, it's a different. I was of. No, yeah, that 
Oh, that was a brilliant idea, actually. I still stand by that's a great <laughs> idea. I'm sure you do. Well, just, I mean, you would think that the, the cost of bringing in teams and putting them up in Las Vegas, which is a plethora of hotel rooms, not having to fly them all over the place. Fans can all come to one side. I think it's actually brilliant. I, I would love it if if the Power 5, Power 6 basketball schools got together and said, let's just set this up for us. We'll just take eight teams. Everyone will get an automatic qualifier and we'll fill out the rest of the bracket. And then you'll have all the bubble teams that got left out of the NCAA tournament playing in Vegas. People would watch that. And fans might go. Hell, I might go watch it. Not Even if K-State's not in it. <clears throat> got a bold football prediction? Yeah, bold football prediction is... Uh, uh, no, I don't have one. Let me think. Really? Foot, football. I'll go. Go. Will Howard takes... Actually, excuse me. I'll reward this. Adrian Martinez takes 49% or less of the total snaps in 2022. That is an extremely bold prediction. Due to injury or getting beat out? I'm just saying anything. Huh. Uh, anything's on the table. He takes huh. less than half the snaps. How about Deuce Vaughn as an All-American once again? Is that a bold prediction? No. As an all-purpose player or running back? There we go. That's, That's different. True. <clears throat> is there, though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All purpose is kind of you can you can that, do it. That you caught want. me off guard. I did not see that coming. I it because we all appreciate Deuce for what he is, but he is still a very small running back and I thought nationally he'd get, they'd kind of excuse that, but no, that, that caught me off guard. I'll say first team all Big 12 running back. How about that? I'll say he beats okay. out Bajon Robinson for that since Brees Hall's gone. Put him, up in, put him up in the finalist Heisman bold prediction. Come on. Come on. No, he's going to win the Heisman. I think Adrian Martinez has a better chance of being a Heisman finalist than See, Deuce that's Vaughn. a bold prediction. I disagree. I think Deuce Vaughn's more likely to be a Heisman finalist than Adrian Martinez. It, it does fascinate me how they complement each other. They will make each other better if Adrian Martinez is healthy because that run threat is significant. That that really puts a defense into serious issues. Um, I don't have a football one. I, I just don't have a feel for next year yet. I mean, I guess I, I'll say I'll. Let me go. An early record. You mean to go, Fitz? Yeah, go. Uh, there will not be a receiver that surpasses 100 yards in a single game the whole season. What? The whole season? In, in like in a game. Yeah, but no receiver has no no receiver will have a 100 yard game. Yes, is that what he's saying? Do you mean pass catcher or an actual receiver, receiver by receiver, position? Yeah. So Deuce, Deuce Vaughn could go 250, but that didn't count. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. How many times did that happen this year? None, right? Is I don't it, think at all. Is it that bold? Is it that bold, Gills? <laughs> go two years in a row? <laughs> I feel like Phil Brooks or Malik I've, had had one or two games. I've least. got one. Okay, I've got one. Daniel Green will be an All-American. And the all of college football will think, where did this guy come from? Because I I, I don't understand why he was widely ignored in the Big 12 because that kid tore up this conference and will do even more next year. Because he spent three games in the locker room. Well, okay, not, not really, but... Because he's, he's mean. It looks, he, looks, he looks bad on camera. <laughs> 
in slow motion. That's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so do I. Zach, I would like you to know that Malik Knowles received 112 yards against Southern Illinois this season. So okay. I would have picked KU. But, okay. 94. All right. That's KU. All right. Okay. Are we moving on? Yep. Next question comes from 3G Wildcat. You get to pick the new bowl lineup for the Big 12. What's your list? You know, I was actually going through the bowls trying to th- – like the New Mexico Bowl got me started. <clears throat> the stadium was trash. I mean, the stadium looked horrible. But if they renovated that stadium, Albuquerque is actually a pretty cool destination for a bowl, for a Western conference. You know, it, the Big 12's got a problem. The problem being is um, proximity to bowl destinations. I mean, you're just, I, I think the greatest bowl setup right now is the Music City Bowl. Because Nashville really bridges right between the Big Ten and the SEC. I mean, it's just perfect. I'd hope that Nashville would start a second bowl. Um, But I I come back to this. And I mentioned this on my walk and talk. Are bowls that important anymore? They seem to be important to the ESPN, and I get that. And fans enjoy watching them. But we're seeing an increasing number of players duck out. Uh, So... If it's not important to the players, you know, it's just kind of odd to me. But going through my the list of bowls, uh, because of venues, you can't come up with many bowls that look like, you know, well, this could be a great bowl. Maybe the Holiday Bowl, I was just gonna if say they that. get into yeah. the new San Diego State Stadium in a year or two. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind that coming back. I do think the Big 12 needs to pursue... A Las Vegas Bowl option. Wisconsin, Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl, by the way. That's a that that's are two pretty good programs that are. I didn't realize well, that it was that big of a, a you, game. Yeah, they've they've upgraded so much. You've got Arizona State that'll just drive up in Wisconsin. I mean, they what, think Iowa's a tropical site this time of year. What about the Sun Bowl? No, they had that for a couple of years. It's in El Paso, just because historically good teams, or good, it's just a, because just because historically it's had good tie-ins, doesn't mean it's a good bowl game. See, I think that, the, only, the only way it makes it into the Big Twelve pecking order is if they upgrade the Sun Bowl, and maybe Dana Demmel's getting them closer to doing that. Maybe. Everyone in El Paso is feeling a little more passionate about football and putting some money into the Sun Bowl, but they just have to. It's kind of like getting the Liberty Bowl. Honestly, it's a yeah. historic bowl, but then you go to it and you're like, well, that, that's kind of sucks. I think that the Fenway and the Pinstripe Bowl are really cool, and I understand that it's all the way up north and nobody wants to play up north in, in late December, and I get that. But as a fan, you're a baseball guy. That would be so cool to go to a baseball game at Yan- or to go to a football game at Yankee Stadium and at Fenway Park. I I don't think that any K State fan or media ever wants to go to the Pinstripe Bowl no. ever again. Yeah, and I get that. I get that. That was one of my biggest clapbacks with Kirk Schultz on Twitter. He was talking about how great the Pinstripe Bowl is, and I said, "Well, yeah, it's great for you. You get to rub elbows with New York Yankees players." It's all about you. That's all you care about. You see it from your perspective. You're not sitting in the freezing cold stands with the fans. You're up in a suite after hanging out with the Bronx Bombers. 
It's great for Kirk Schultz. It's I get it. It's wonderful. It's really cool. Sucks for the fans. I think, and your team doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Two hours in traffic to get to a, pra- to a practice. And it snowed. It snowed. No one got in. Like crazy. What if they had like a Wrigley Bowl and they had it at Wrigley Field? I think Wrigley – did they ever take care of the end zone issue in Wrigley? Like did they expand the fences? It's just – it's dangerous. It's too small. Yeah, because I know um, Northwestern played there this year, but – I think I, I assume they have fixed it if they're playing more games. Maybe. But there, the question but. is, Chicago's building a new stadium, aren't they? Or not uh, yet. They, they will. To. They will for build Ray a new stadium. Uh, no, no, for the Bears. Uh, for the Soldier Bears. Field's going to be done. Yeah. They're not just going to keep renovating it. <laughs> no. Yeah, they, they tried putting a spaceship ship on top of it. They landed a spaceship inside of so, it. But are they looking at a domed facility? In I don't think so. I think it's going to be open air. I think uh, they, well, they've got to do retractable. Like, why wouldn't you do retractable for the worst uh, weather? Yeah. But you mentioning that got me thinking. There's two cities that don't have bowl games, and they're northern, but they have good stadiums to do it. Indianapolis, Minnesota. Why not go play, invent two bowl games? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily want it to be a Big Ten team in either mm-hmm. of those. But, you You're know, Indianapolis, you could do a Big 12, ACC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minneapolis, you could do a Big 12, Pac-12. You know, you could you could create some bowl matchups for, for games in those two cities because they have excellent stadiums. They're indoors. And they're two cities that... Really, they're pretty good football cities, but they just haven't had college football bowl games. Ironically, I'd lean into Minneapolis more because that town is completely built for the winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to go outside once you're downtown. You're, everything seems to connect to everything. They pretty much have built the future world. Really? Kind of. What I understand, I've been there. Well, whose stomach was that? That, that was, was mine. Really, that was really it's, loud. It's my stomach. I'm sorry. Have you eaten today? I have not. I don't eat breakfast. Mm. Breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. Eat lunch. There we go. Anything <laughs> else in this this very long? No, there's. This is one more question, okay. right, Zach? Is that correct? I think so. Okay. I'm trying to look at other bowls still, though. Another Miami bowl would be good. Something in Florida. More well, Florida bowls. I agree. More I, warm weather or more northern dome bowls. But now, <laughs> look, particularly adding Central Florida, but if they add South Florida too, I'm with you. Get into those Florida Bowls as much as possible. The problem is... I want the the Outback or the Citrus Bowl. One of those two bowls should have a Big 12 team in them. Not all SEC, ACC, Big 10. It's a shame. That's what they want. That's what they want. They look down upon us here in the Fruited Plains. Let's take the Cheez-It Bowl. Tangerine Bowl. Yeah, that that great tradition of bowls. we got to honor them as they change their name every year. Next question. Last question of the first half is from Wyatt Bowlinger, 15. If the college football playoff expanded to their 12 or 16 team format, what would what odds would you give K-State to earn a college football playoff berth within the next five years? Oh. Does this question assume – are we going to assume that this – say the, the, the format starts next year, right? Is that no, what we're it'd assuming? be like well, well let's first say five, five years, years five years seven. after they expand. Yeah. The first five years of expansion. So maybe it's twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, whatever. Go to, if they go to twelve teams, you're, the the actual question here is do you think K State will be ranked in the top twelve by season's end? And I would say in a five year window, I like those chances. Mm-hmm. I, I mean K State this year was a couple wins away from that. You, you know, you go beat the right team at the right time. They win their last two games. 
that Surge beating Baylor in Texas, they're going to be up, not in the top 12, but they'll be hovering up in there. So, yeah, I like the odds of it over a five-year window of being a, a top 12 team. I mean, you Historically, just have to, I mean, you just have to, in five years, you just have to win the title once. And, and, and in the new Big 12, I like K-State's chances. Yeah. Especially with you don't 16. You have to win the title. Yeah, no, you don't. No, well, what I'm saying is getting to, at least getting to the title game, yeah. you know, yeah. winning it clinches it. Playing in the title game, you're pretty close anyway. Yeah. With 16 teams, K-State has the type of program that can consistently yeah. be one of those top 16 teams. And see, this is what I like about the expansion of the playoff. It doesn't just, it's not just more inclusive and more teams get to go and everyone gets to feel good. They get a, you know, a ribbon. Legitimately opens up the perception of excellence. I mean, all those times that Kansas State would have been in the playoff at 12 teams in the past, they would have had a long playoff run. At 12 teams for a while. How does that change the overall perception of Kansas State? What if when Cincinnati comes into the Big 12, Cincinnati wins the Big 12 um, immediately and continues to be, you know, a double-digit win program, and they're starting to get into the 12-team playoff every year, will will people start to say, they're fine with that Oklahoma and Texas. They have Cincinnati now. <laughs> Which is weird to say, but being able to say you're in the playoff on a regular basis, you know, Oklahoma State would be flirting with that on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Baylor's getting there now. The, this changes the perception of these programs. If they keep showing up in the biggest games, which would be the playoff, not just these random bowls that have all gotten watered down, but the playoff, man, that changes everything about your program. And that's why I like it. It gives everyone a little more access to, to that window that ESPN has kept so narrow on a handful of programs. Huh? Yeah. Okay. yeah that's it. Well, okay. We've got a whole nother half. If you're still with us, we'll be back on the other side of this break with, with more of your questions from Wabash Station as we prepare you for your holiday travels. And it, this thing's going to be so long that no matter what happens on Christmas Day, you can just turn us on and put us in your ears. That sounded really bad. And, uh, Ignore Uncle Frank, who's into the eggnog and toasting coal. Here's the call. More eggnog. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Welcome back to the PowerCat podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, your eggnog or headquarters. I screwed it up. Man, your eggnog headquarters. It's kind of hard to say. Eggnog headquarters. Yeah, it kind of, yeah. Anyhow. And our sponsor sex is like, shut up. <laughs> our segment sponsors are, uh, what are they? They're Tanners in the High Low. Stop in. To all of our local businesses here in Manhattan, whenever you get a chance to come to town, let's get going with more of your questions from Wabash Station. Gels. Zach, is this the first question of the overtime or the second half? I want to clarify. Uh, these are overtime questions. This is the second half of the podcast, I guess. I We're doing know. overtime? Yeah, we do. I asked for overtime questions. We're having fun. I don't pay attention. <laughs> Let's go. It's Christmas. From exhausted nihilist, if the 2021 football season was an adult beverage, what type would it be and why? 
The football season? Yes, mm. the 2021 season. Uh, Have to be some kind of shot, right? I don't know. It did go by very fast. And it, it looked good on the surface. He started out 3-0. Yeah, I'm thinking it's like a good bourbon because after the fiasco the year ago, I'm all in. This was smooth. I, I can't think. What is an alcohol that it's – let's say it's a shot and you look at it and you're like, I don't know if this is going to end up how it's supposed to go. But then you take it and then by the end of it, you're like, that did indeed end how it should have. Sounds right. like sounds like a tequila shot to me, but no. that, that actually <laughs> I don't know what we're getting into, but here we go. Actually, last night wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I fell down, but I kept getting back up. Top shelf tequila. We'll say that something very smooth that doesn't taste like I don't know. You were pleasantly terrible. surprised. Yes, pleasantly surprising tequila shot. I'm going to correct you. All tequila tastes like tequila. It's just less crappy. Okay. That's fine. Right? I don't like tequila very much. But if you go to the top shelf, there's actually, it's so much less abrasive, but it still tastes like tequila. Anyhow, you got anything? I've got a really good one. Bring it on. A shotgun. The first three games were great. And then when Skylar Thompson went out, that's when you open the hole and sometimes it just goes everywhere. <laughs> that was when was hurt. And then you got to chug that beer for the, what was it, four or five game winning streak. And then you threw it on the ground, and that was the two losses to end the season. Boom. All right. You're using my analogies. It's like you totally like something I would say. You like that? That was good. That was good. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Was that a Kirk Cousins you like that? Or was that a oh, Bruce yeah. Weber from last night you like that? Because he did say that. And I need to clip that. <laughs> Put it on TikTok so Cole can. Uh, Stitch it, yes. as they say. All right. Next question comes Thank from Euler Cat 2 Will Fitz wear a cowboy hat at the Players' Rodeo or at any time during the Texas Bowl festivities? And there's a lot of question marks and exclamation points. I'm not opposed to cowboy hats. Will you ride the mechanical bull? That I won't do. I, c- I could get hurt getting on the mechanical bull. I w- I'd pull something i'd fall off and hurt the floor so what is this player's rodeo i'm curious i've heard lackey talk about it and basically have you ever been to a scene like a kid's rodeo like where they rope a sheep or something uh, they do i don't know i didn't go last time but it it looks stupid but it's supposed to be really cool and there's good concerts connected to it this the, year the way that i picture it in my head it's like going to Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede, oh, no. but without the meal. Okay. Okay. I, I haven't been. I haven't been, but when you're putting two just random groups of people to do vaguely rodeo level skills that you don't ever do in a in a rodeo animal environment, I guess, that's that's how I'm picturing this. Dixie Stampede. Without the finger foods, because they don't give you silverware. So, in other words, something extremely Texas for the Texas Bowl. Yeah, I guess. I don't. What is? I think Fitz is in the closet currently. <laughs> Fitz is coming out of the closet. He is trying to get some sort of head I, apparatus. I, I have believe. A, a strange feeling. It's a cowboy. I don't. 
We don't know if he's dressing up as Santa. We don't know if he's coming out with a cowboy hat. <laughs> it is a 10-gallon hat. Oh, boy. How y'all doing? <laughs> Fitz's name is now Tex. He's yeah. Big Tex. Oh. Actually, he's... Uh, He's Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome. <laughs> Daphne, my dog, is very scared of big dicks. I think you should wear that. that looks you gotta fine take, with a cowboy you gotta take it with you, I think. This doesn't pack down very well. Yeah. It looks plastic. It's it sounds plastic. Like all things American, it's made in Mexico. Actually, I think this was from a Powercat auction years ago. Where they had a Western theme, and they handed those out. If, if we were recording this on video right now, I, I think the viewers would be stunned. Like, this hat, I'm not kidding. It, if you've ever had a cast, it feels like a cast for a right. broken bone. That is what the material of this It looks fine, hat. but it looks fine. You feel it, and it's definitely waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, because casts aren't, but whatever. Mm, okay. Let me put my hat away. Okay. I don't want to damage the... She is so scared of this hat. (laughs) From Dear Yeah, who on the football team would make the best Santa? Hmm. Timmy Horn. Uh, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's Timmy Horn. (laughs) Okay. Because, I don't know, I go back to that first press conference and he came and he was he was asking us questions that just seemed very, like, Santa-esque. Like, what would you like? What is your favorite Marvel character? Like, that just seems like a question a Santa would ask. He and he's just, like, he's just jolly. He's a jolly guy. He's, he's jolly. Perfect. Timmy Horn would be the best Santa. Okay. Plus, I think he was, there's a picture of him shopping with uh, Ryan Hennington's thing. Yeah, there is. Which... We never really talked about it. There was, was no like, press release, but that was good for him. That was really, really cool. Because I remember when it popped up, um, the GoFundMe, they just wanted a few thousand dollars, right? Like I think he wanted a, a thousand. And they ended up at 15? Amazing. Just amazing. I, I went to, this is what's weird about the NIL. I went to give and I'm like, hold on, we cover recruiting and I don't think I can give to this because they're, they're active players. Mm-hmm. I think that it was cleared through compliance as a fundraiser and not NIL. Well, I know, but I'm just about us. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, it's weird. We could technically hire players to be our spokespeople, but I feel like you're into such a gray area that the NCAA might come after that. I don't know. I feel like Cooper Beebe would be a really good Santa, too. Oh, that is mm-hmm. true. He's got the beard. His dad kind of looks like Santa. <laughs> I like Tommy's good guy. He does. The whole family does, except for the one guy that was with them. On, we, we rode with him on our bus, our, <laughs> our shuttle. Our parking spot. Yeah. Yeah. Great family. What? I, I can't imagine their food bill. They probably spent $1,000 a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> but there was one skinny guy with them. Do they have an oddball brother or that was that a friend? a friend. Because he he genetically, he did not fit the group. <laughs> um, you know, Deuce Vaughn, I feel like, would be a good Santa. Just like, as like, hey, I'm going to be Santa. Is Deuce mm-hmm. not just an elf? No. Oh, my God. No. so funny to have Timmy Horn as Santa. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Deuce is a primetime player. He <laughs> He is a Santa. He'd be a great elf. <laughs> Come on. Come on. No. No. 
Deuce would be like Tiger Woods from a few years ago, Mac Daddy Santa. That's that's Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn is Fe- Santa. Felix Come on. would be a pretty good Santa too. Yeah, he's a pretty happy guy. Yeah, it's Timmy Horn though. That's come on. Yeah, that's yeah, that's is. who Santa is. <laughs> From claws out, balls out. What is the best Christmas movie of all time? I know Cole's going to have a very strong opinion on. this. I ignored the Die Hard question since I feel like we've addressed that. It's plenty. a Christmas movie. It, it is contingent upon. The plot line is contingent upon it being Christmas. Right. It doesn't Christmas work at party. any time of year. No. Um, no, they're not having an Easter party. But uh, it's the Home Alone franchise. Just the When I say Home Alone franchise, I just mean the ones with Macaulay Culkin, one and two. Not the fake one? No. Three and beyond don't count. Those are not canon. And, and see, I have opinion. problems with the vacation Trilogy, water, mm-hmm. whatever, because they switch kids in the middle. It's Ru- not a story, though. They're not contingent upon it's Rusty. Like not, not a timeline. Rusty is should be Rusty. I it, no, it's got to be Christmas Vacation. Is Rusty still in the Navy? It's <laughs> random. Um, what else we got? We, I mean, Christmas Vacation is the best Christmas movie, and it's not even close. Chris Kleiman went with Elf. That mm-hmm. caught me off guard. I'm not well. When he explained it, his kids are about the age where it. Yeah, they would have like that would have been the movie that they would have watched. I can quote every single line of Christmas Vacation, and I kid you not, every single line. I get a little fuzzy during the rant, but I am. I can probably say ninety percent of the words that are spoken in that movie, I will be able to articulate. I I don't know I. I find Matt Walter's performance in A Christmas Story uh, as a child actor to be absolutely remarkable. <laughs> and he hates it when people what? say he looks like Ralphie. <laughs> <laughs> but damn it, he looks more like Ralphie than the guy that played Ralphie. Well, <clears throat> fragile. That is a great movie. I'm telling you what, you get uh, the Christmas spirits from the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and you set up a TV for the family, and you've got, like, the original Home Alone, an elf, and a Christmas story, and Christmas Vacation. That's a good eight hours. What's your favorite line of any Christmas movie? Uh, The shitter's full. (laughs) (laughs) Good Um, answer. Yeah. Uh, Nothing brings out the holiday spirit more than... Your shit and why Get is out. the carpet all wet, Todd? <laughs> I don't know, Marco. Get out of here, you nosy little pervert, or I'm going to slap you silly. Ah, <laughs> oh, the holidays. <sighs> I love I love a movie where a kid can get lost in a place where the streets are numbered. <laughs> I'm a Chris Kleiman guy. You like Elf? I'm going to go with Elf. I think I've seen Elf once all the way through and then just snippets. Really? It's just always on. Oh boy! Uh, it was cold. How come the youngest among uh. us has the biggest <laughs> trouble with turning off his technology? He's You'd think it'd elf. be me. He's an angry elf. He's a boomer. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's move on. Next question comes from I like pickles. Cat is cookie a flavor? I don't really understand this question. Not is cookie a flavor? No. Cookie dough I, is a I, I I balked at the question at first, but I really thought about it on the way over after I picked the question, and I was like, you know, he's got a point. 
because think about chocolate chip cookies. You can take the chocolate chips out. Like, let's just ignore the chocolate chips. That cookie still has flavor. That is, there's no other way to describe that. That is a cookie, and there's no like it is a flavor. Mm, sure, I would describe it as cookie dough. Yeah, but when it's baked, that's not cookie dough anymore. That is that's cookie cookie. Don't. <laughs> everything could be a flavor at the end of the day. All right. Desk. Could, sure. If I chew on this desk, it has a flavor. <laughs> what 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 do you have there? I got a desk flavored shake from Arby's. Oh, they were open. Huh. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, I think it is. I uh, is there any argument against? I, I appreciate the depth of this question. We we gotta really think about this one. That is, is, does anybody have an argument against though? Cookie dough is a flavor. I don't know. I, I would agree that cookie tastes like something, but the name amongst branding is cookie dough, correct? But that's in yeah. the uncooked, unbaked, unfinished I've, form. I've Who never had. I've that's never had not a the point. Flavor. We can eat <laughs> cookie dough. Let's, have, have you eaten cookie dough uncooked? Of course. Have you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you? Yeah. I, I haven't. What? what the hell? What do you think I am? I make people cook that. Make that stuff for me. You don't like salmonella? <laughs> no, I'm not a big fish person. Okay, Zach, I will ask you this. What? I've never seen anything cookie flavored ever. I've seen yeah. cookie dough. Like Cole said, I've seen cookie dough. I've never seen cookie flavored. That's fine. But when you bake it, like cookie dough is dough. That you're you're getting the dough. That yes, that's a flavor, sure. But when you cook it, it's not dough anymore, right? Then it's a cookie. Then does is cookie flavored? <laughs> it's it's just a cookie. There's no cookie flavor. It's just a cookie. It's this it's might cookie. be the strangest overtime question. No, it's right. not. It's not the strangest. This is a, this, this is, is a almost a holiday version of is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of it when I included it. We have to answer. I say yes. Cookie is a flavor because there is no counter. What if cookie isn't a flavor? What is it? It's just a cookie, says Gills. <laughs> With no flavor at all. It tastes like nothing. It is pretty yeah. close. Hmm. But yeah, that's a great question. Is cookie a flavor? I'm so The chocolate now. chip, the peanut butter, whatever that is, that's the flavor of the cookie. But pull, pull those out. That's not – no. If it's just a vanilla plain old cookie, it's just a cookie. There's no flavor in it. I don't. I don't think so. I want pickles. Get on when we post this and reply. If this, like, I don't know what the correct answer is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard pickles, of this question. I, in my life. I'm assuming pickles posing this question means that he would agree <sighs> that cookie is a flavor. Pickles, because this isn't a this isn't a hot dog or a sandwich thing where you have to pick one or the other. He gives the answers like, "Hey, back me up." That's what I feel like this is, and I'm back in pickles here. If 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 he does think that cookie is a flavor, <laughs> again, you can get pickled flavored sunflower seeds, but you can't get a cookie flavored anything in the world because it comes with dough, and that's uncooked. Okay, sunflower seeds are uncooked before you roast them. Mm, but they're roasted. They're finished. It's a sunflower seed. Someone's getting roasted. <laughs> I. I, I, this, I'm more passionate about this question than I, I thought I would be. Here, but. <laughs> well, let's move on before Zach gets fired up and he, we have to bleep him out. <laughs> yeah, cookies of flavor. Beep, beep, idiot. That's Christmas Day content. <laughs> Just this rant. <laughs> All right. 
moving on from cookie is not a flavor. Contra Cat asks, what's the oddest thing that triggers your sense of memory from another house you've stayed in? Grandma's and then comma strange aunt or embroidered quilt or cold closet or farm smell. <laughs> he just gave a bunch of examples. <laughs> yeah. So if you stay at a family's house or split stay somewhere, mm-hmm. what's a memory of that? What what's something there that triggers your memory? The argument that breaks out at dinner. No, we never really had that. I I think going to the in-laws and having to stay in a queen-size bed with my wife. Ooh. Because she's a bed hog. She's a tiny woman, but... With my wife. She 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 takes up at least 25% of the bed, and I want 80. So she's a bed hog. Yeah, snuggle. <laughs> I'm married too long for that. I feel... I like how there's like a 5% difference right. there. Right. It's, she wants 25. You want 80. I want 80. You're pretty close. That's, that's you know, that's pretty fair. Yeah. The thing that I get um, flashbacks from is sitting in church. And when I was a kid, we didn't frequent church very much, just solely because I was always playing sports, you know, on the weekends. And so it was always, whenever we could go, we tried to go. But on Christmas Eve... We would go, and we'd go at the 5 o'clock church, and I would get – I'd be so hungry as a kid because, you know, I was a chubby little kid. Like, I wanted to eat a lot, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was like, my dinner time. And I would get so hungry that I would sweat through, and, like, I never would, like, wear nice clothes. Like I'd always wear shorts and a T-shirt, as I'm sure you can imagine. I would sweat through my shirt, and I would get all pale and white, and my mom would have to take me out of the church, and we'd have to leave. And so – Every time I drive by the church at around that time of evening, around five o'clock in the you know when it's winter time, I always think about that, and um, and I, it's it's just like a very strange traumatizing moment when you're about ready to pass out in church because you're so hungry and you're sitting there and you're like this is the most like I just want to go home and open presents and eat dinner, like that is the most traumatizing thing as a little kid almost passing out in church and then having to get up and all the people are just staring at you when you're walking out and you're sweating like you just you know ran a marathon. Did you do the this more than one year? Yes. Cole, this is every year you'd pass out almost. Cole, could you go? That's crazy. Let's let's just stop the podcast. You need to go lay on the couch and <laughs> let's let's talk this out. Let's, we need to take an aside here and just work through these children trauma issues about uh, not getting fed enough in suburbia. Broccoli cheese <clears throat> soup is what my grandma makes every Christmas Eve with Ooh. cornbread. Do you enjoy that? I would love I that. Very much enjoy that. I and am not coming to that. your I'm coming. dinner. I'll be there. I will not. Okay, here's another strange tradition. You, you eat. Okay, hang on. Before you move on, can we talk about me passing out in the same place multiple times? Because uh, yours, yours might have been church on Christmas Eve. Mine was always art class. Whenever the instructor, the teacher was doing like the like showing you how to make something, and we'd all gather around his table. Like more than one occasion, like I felt like I'd pass out. So like I'd go to the nurse and like just like lay down. Like, like multiple times. So it's this weird trigger. I don't know what we must've been triggered with something in each of those locations. How about I'm triggered by Gil's liking cheese broccoli soup. You don't like cheese. Cole likes it too. I love it. Healthy. (laughs) Well, that's why I don't like it. What about pickled herring? Oh, what? (laughs) I'm the only one. It's my grandpa and I am the only one in my family. What's your grandpa's heritage? I have uh, Is he Norwegian or German, I believe. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, pickled herring. It's terrible, but I love it on Christmas Eve. 
No. That's the only time we eat it. I'm glad that I'm not dating you. That's the only time we eat pickled (laughs) hair. Glad you aren't either. It'd get really awkward in here. Um, Oh, pickled hair. You just take it out of the can, you put it on the cracker, and you take Ah! it. (laughs) I like pickled herring, cat. (laughs) Yeah. Am I the only one that eats pickled herring on Christmas Eve? You might be the only one who eats pickled herring that's under 70. (laughs) Yeah, that actually might be eggnog, right? Well, drink eggnog. Or, same thing. Is it drinking or is it eating like pudding? I love eggnog is it, is it, so much. Is it like pudding, though, but just no, thinned it's out? Milk. It's just like milk. Okay. That's disgusting. Yeah. Milk's disgusting. Thank and you. I hate milk, but I love eggnog. What? Anyway, back to the question. Things that trigger my sense of memory from another house. During the holidays or whenever, we'd go stay in Texas with my aunt and uncle. They have this clock on their mantle. But it's like a it's like a grandfather clock, so it'll like ding every fifteen minutes. But it's like a little baby clock, like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. I'm holding a in my hands, probably the size of a rugby ball. For those of you listening at home or on oh, your drives, that would really help a lot. Of I'm parents. holding a rugby sized ball because okay. it's bigger than a football, a little bit. Um, sits on the mantle, but like every you know, fifteen dun, minutes. Dun, dun, yep. I hate it. Dun. I actually love it. Oh my God. I actually loved it because, like, like that was like the, the, the thing of their house, and like you know later, like they used to never like put it away or anything, like they just leave it out, but like that was their house, that was part of it, and like it didn't bother me at all. But then they're like, oh, we'll put that loud clock away, and I was like, like the last couple times I've stayed, I was like, no, nah, it's cool, like that's your house, like that's that's what I remember. But mm, no, nope. that's that's that. I don't have any memories. I don't have any at all. My grandma has this Santa. Like, she's a big collector of Santas. And he's like a super, super skinny Santa. Hold on. So, she like collects little dolls or she actually kidnaps the Santas from the grocery stores? She does not kidnap the Santas, thankfully. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's much different. Being a collector of Santa dolls and figurines is different than actually collecting Santas. There's one... Santa, that is a figurine that is probably about three and a half feet tall, and he is super skinny. And he's got a really long, straight white beard, and he's like holding sticks or something. And I call him Stoner Santa because he mm-hmm. looks like it. he only comes to drop off gifts so you can eat the cookies. True. Respect. Hmm. Dude, here's some boxes of stuff. Nice cookies. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Gills? Anything? Yeah. Uh-uh. Okay, let's move on then. Last question from I like pickled herring cat. What <laughs> apps do you think Bill Snatter has on his phone? <laughs> Just completely random to end the podcast, but I love the question. Wow. <laughs> First thing that came to my mind was words with friends. Seems like a very <laughs> sit back, have your coffee, play some words with friends. Before we get to the apps, you just know that his text is the second largest option <laughs> no, that you can pick. Probably largest. Uh, I'll give I'll give Bill some credit here. He has Twitter on his phone. Yes, he has Twitter. <laughs> he has Twitter and he has a photos app. We know that. And a camera. Beyond that. Words with friends is a good hmm. that's a good one. I bet you he's got kids games for the grandkids. Oh yeah. It probably has an iPad then for all that stuff, you know. 
Yeah, he can afford that. He has. I bet he has the iBooks on his phone. Uh, uh, do you, no, he's a paper book person. Surely somebody would have said, "Hey, Dad. Hey, Grandpa. Download this so you can read." He has one book in his digital book collection. Maybe. Yeah. Does he have YouTube? Nah. You can watch that with your browser. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, are we saying that he just uses Safari for everything? Yeah. <laughs> Does he have ESPN? I don't think Man. so. He might actually. He might have the ESPN app. I surely somebody's got to have have sat down with him and told him which apps to download onto his phone. But I, like, what does he use? I bet he has Huddle on his phone. I bet you he hasn't Man. ever. I bet you if you asked him what Huddle was, he wouldn't be able to tell you. I don't even have the Huddle app. I just look on my computer when I want highlights. Well. I mean, I am cer- I am certain that Bill Snyder has never gone to huddle.com. Oh, on his own. He has on his own. I agree. Huddle has been around for at least 10 years. Just because it's been around for 10 years means you have to adopt being able to use it. Just because you don't I'm, think he's ever looked just at because we are young, ball. just because we are young and no technology doesn't mean that someone else is going to be who's done something for 50 years. Be like, all right, here's the new way. Does Chris Kleiman have Huddle on his phone? Yeah, uh, probably. Does, he, he does said, Huddle have an app? Chris Kleiman yeah. has Huddle, Galaga, Space Invaders, Ms. Pac-Man, all of that on his phone. He's got it all. Coach has Pong. Bill Snyder has Pong. He thinks it's the latest in technology. So, so surefire apps. We only think what? Twitter. Twitter. Okay. If he's on a computer, I'll say this. I bet you that he still runs Windows XP and plays pinball, Space Invaders pinball, <laughs> or, or whatever. Mind, he plays Minesweeper. <laughs> Does he have like Uber Eats, Grubhub, no or anything like that? No way. Sharon does. Not him. If he, he'll get oh. d- Domino's or whatever and just deliver that way. He'll call this whole Uber. No, he drives to Taco Bell and will go through that drive-through line. <laughs> but they're also only doing mobile orders only right now, so he's probably in a quandary, hmm. having to use Apple Pay. Oh no! So let's go back to an earlier question. Bill Snyder loves cookies, right? Yes, he does. Oh, Should boy. we have him here on the podcast and answer to that talk about whether us? cookie is a flavor? Yes. Well, he likes chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a specific lane. But I mean, I, if you I've never him, seen take a, the chocolate chips out, is that a flavor? I've never seen a coach so obviously exposed to bribery <laughs> than Bill Snyder with the chocolate chip cookie. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'll tell you about everything you need to know. Just give me some cookies. I feel like Fritchin just gave him cookies. And Bill gave him his diary. And that's how we got So in other words, if my mom would have made cookies, I would have been playing football for Bill Snyder. Yeah, she might have been the starting left guard. <laughs> Why is that guy that's way too small at left guard? Mom makes great cookies. <laughs> hmm. Well, okay, that's it, I guess. Is it? Is that that's it? That's it. Thanks for listening. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Cole. Uh, a mini overtime, and now I've going to spend my holiday thinking of Timmy Horn as the world's greatest Santa. Because he would be. Timmy needs to really seriously consider being a Santa after he's done doing whatever he's going to do with football. You should tell him that. 
already ask weird enough stuff. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.